0: Well, last week we began a new series on the subject of worry. We entitled it, How to Stop Feeding the Beast. So, from last week, our definition from Webster's Dictionary is mental distress or agitation resulting from concern usually for something impending or anticipated again mental distress or agitation resulting from concern usually for something impending or anticipated how many of you have ever had thoughts negative thoughts And excuse me just a minute I'm trying to get something out of my pocket that I need to check doing that with one hand is is more difficult than I realize Um, How many of you have ever had a negative thought that just, I mean, uh, that hung there? It just, you couldn't get rid of it. But it wasn't about something happening right then, it was about something you anticipated happening. See, worry is all about imaginations. Worry, we learned last week, is a master. And by the way, last week's message is up on our website. Worry is a master, Jesus said. And you and I become a slave to the things, the negative thoughts that we allow our mind to focus on. They cripple us. They ruin our inner peace. They create noise during the day. And the playground for worry is your imagination. And Jesus' comment and response to this subject, watch this now, was don't. <laughs> really, Jesus? You're going to be that simplistic with something, and I was reviewing some of the statistics this morning, regarding mental health and anxiety, it is pervasive in our culture. At least 34 percent of all Americans suffer from anxiety disorder. Now I mean debilitating anxiety and, and I do not mean in this message to be dismissive of the challenges of true mental disorder, chemical imbalances, things that need medication, uh, and, a, and a doctor's diagnosis, and treatment. All right? We're not just shoving that all under the car. Uh, but I know this. Every one of us deal with worry and anxiety that the playground of that with, with is our, our imagination, our mind. And, and here, if we listen to the words of Jesus, he said, don't worry. And for him to be that bold and keep it that short means I do have the ability within myself with his grace and help, the help of the Holy Spirit, to not be anxious. All right. Join me in Philippians. And you can look there in your handout Philippians chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing so he's he's going to close out his comments here about anxiousness fix your thoughts what's the playground what's the playground of worry your mind, your imagination. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So I was asking myself, Lord, I've, I've learned in Bible school, I've learned in my, my preaching workshops and studies, that your, your message begins with, so what? What are you going to tell people that makes this relevant? So what? That's how preachers start their messages. So what? We have to find a reason to capture your attention, arrest your attention with something relevant that speaks to you. And I thought, all right. Regarding anxiousness, So what? And I came across a book recently written by Max Likato. Does that name ring a bell for anybody? Prolific author, pastor. He says in this book on anxiousness, watch this. Are you laughing less than you once did? Here's your first yellow blank there. Are you laughing less than you once did? Number two, do you see problems in every promise? Do you see problems in every promise? And what's nice about needing to fill this out or write? You you have little uh, you have hymnals right there that you can <laughs> that'll give you a nice background for your paper and your writing. Isn't that great for St. John's to put those out for us? Number three, would those who know you best describe you as increasingly negative and critical? Would those who know you best describe you as increasingly negative and critical? Do you assume that something bad is going to happen? Do you dilute and downplay good news with doses of your version of reality? Do you magnify the negative and dismiss the positive? Do you magnify the negative and dismiss the positive? And I really, I really sat up with this last one. Given the chance, would you avoid any interaction with humanity for the rest of your life? Now y'all are laughing, but I've, I've had days like that. I, I don't know about you. You might be sitting with, right now where you're sitting saying, I'm not gonna raise my hand Pastor Jeff, but you've just, dis- what Max is telling us is these are all front and center symptoms of anxiety. And you don't have to have all of them going on at once. But if, but if you have one or more of these there's an anxious spirit. Hey, sweetie, come on in. Yeah, I'm going to make a big deal out of you being late. No, it's all good. Come right up here because I have a paper for you. You have that, huh? No, we got, we got one right here. Yeah, we got one for you right here. Thank you, Gene. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. Yeah, good morning, Gene. We love you. somebody help her catch up there with the fill ins. So last week I shared with you a definition from of all places wiki or wikipedia. Wikidictionary Wikipedia. Watch this. I love. I love 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 this definition. Even over the Webster's that I've already shared with you. And I quote Worry refers to the thoughts, images, emotions, and actions of a negative nature in a repetitive, uncontrollable manner that results from a proactive cognitive risk analysis made to avoid or solve anticipated potential threats and their potential consequences. Notice, once again, the playground is the mind. It's always got some sort of negative nature to it. It is repetitive, but watch this. It is our attempt to proactively try to get ahead of this imagined bad thing that's going to happen. This imagined, critical, bad, ugly. We see it as less. We see it as a problem in every promise. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to drive down the highway today. My goodness, look at the snow on the road. You know that means that I'm going to have this kind of day. I, my life is just... <laughs> and how many of us spend hours and days and weeks trying to get ahead of something, thinking through it, weighing out the good and the bad, the positive, the negative, so that I can find a solution to it. I in myself, in my own strength, can try to find an answer to this. I'm gonna get ahead of this so that I can find an answer to this. Brother Lucado in his book says anxiety is a meteor shower of what-ifs. Isn't that good? Anxiety and worry is a meteor shower of what-ifs. Not things that are actually happening, not things that are actually poisoning, but imaginations that we have of what might take place if. And we're told that statistically the greater percentage of this, I mean up over 80%, of all of the imagined what-ifs, never happen. The things we worry about, the things we're anxious about. Statistically, that's an amazing number. Here's another quote from Max's book. Anxiety and fear are cousins, but not twins. Fear sees a threat. Anxiety imagines one. Isn't that good? Think about that. Anxiety and fear are cousins, but not twins. Fear sees a threat. Anxiety imagines one. Now, let me be quick to say, when Jesus said, don't worry, or as our text from Philippians says, be anxious for nothing, sort of similar, just sort of, really? (laughs) Something so pervasive, something so overwhelming, something so powerful. And Jesus, your solution to this is just don't do it. Be anxious for nothing. The King James translation of that verse says it this way. Take no thought. Now that's critical. Sounds simplistic. But actually, King James has has a hook there. They have something there in that Greek uh, translation of that. Take no thought. You see, when I'm worrying, when I'm anxious about something, I have to actually accept that thought into the playground of my imagination. It can't just go there by itself. Satan is a seed merchant. That's the only power that he has in our life is to sow seed, to offer seed to the playground of our minds. But I have to take that thought and plant it. But if I refuse that thought then I refuse the seed going into the soil. The comment to don't worry isn't the same as don't think. Don't worry isn't the same as just lay back and do nothing. Don't worry isn't the same as I now have no responsibility. Don't worry isn't the same as, well, I can let this go because God will take care of it, so I'll just sit back and God will handle it. Proverbs talks about that slothful spirit, and you will soon, you will soon find yourself hungry. So when Jesus says, don't worry, he's being very strategic with his intention to instruct us to not plant the seed of anxiety he's not talking about responsibilities of life. He's not talking about being a sloth. Being anxious about nothing means praying about everything. Potential to worry will always be with us. It's how we confront it. The potential to be anxious about things. How many of you know the potential to get anxious Jeff, I wonder if you felt anxious after the first couple of hours of not being able to get your nose to stop bleeding. I mean, and I, I would imagine that your imagination began to run with what could be seriously going on in your body. How many of you have ever been there? You have something start happening in your body and all of a sudden, sudden you are imagining cancer? You are imagining nights in the hospital, you are are imagining diagnosis that would have you out of work, your career stopped. I mean, your mind, if you allow it, will absolutely run with that. I had something on the side of my head over here. Some of you have noticed it, I'm sure, in the past. Right here, and it it grew into a bump, and then uh, it just continued to grow and fill with something I, I couldn't tell. It's some sort of growth, and then up above that and behind it was a a, a patch of melanoma, sort of co- discoloring, not melanoma, but so where's my usual help here? My library of and thought discoloration. and discoloration, yes, so. A couple of years ago, there was a member of our congregation who was in, uh, and I believe still is, the uh, facial dermatology, and, and, yeah, and the, uh, you know, her company actually comes up with the serums and the products uh, to, uh, you know, work on your skin and improve the quality of your skin, so on and so forth. So. I had something going on with some other sort of little growth similar and she gave me this little bottle it's just little and said now be careful with this stuff just get the slightest amount that you can pump out of there just a teeny bit and rub it on that area once or twice a week be sure to wash your hands because this stuff will peel your skin don't mess with this Well, I was aggressive. And I put that thing on there and I did it twice a day for a couple of weeks. And I'm telling you what, that thing disappeared. It was a great big old. Now this thing over here was similar, but it was different in that it was, I I don't know, it was an unusual bump. And the reason I'm sharing all of that is because boy, my imagination began to run with, oh my God, I'm getting cancer. Oh my God, this thing's gonna take me out. It's gonna end my life early. I mean your imagination just okay, anxiety, worry, the playground here. So I got that serum and I began to rub some of it on there and then on the discoloration behind it, and again if you were up close you could see that area. Over time that little thing began to disappear and I began to play with it one day and it seemed like you know what that thing just seems like like a blood blister or something it just it doesn't it, it it's not cancer Now normally you don't go poking around with something that you're just not sure what it is but I took a, a safety pin Amen Amen Hallelujah, says the guy who just almost cut his wrist off, you know, his hand off. And, and I, I took it, and I, I lit a match, and I, 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 you know, burnt the end of it to, to uh, do, to, to sterilize it. Yeah, my dad taught me that. My dad taught me that. That's how you, you know, when you're going to go poking around, you sterilize the tip of the, of the needle. And I took that thing, and I, I poked it up in there. It didn't hurt, because, you know, there's nothing... Is there now now, there? now <laughs> I Now stop it. Your imagination is running. Check one. <laughs> Cut that from the tape. <laughs> now I expected that if that thing were like a blood blister it would just start. You know, you've done that with whatever little pussy things or blood-filled things, and, you, and they just, <laughs> it runs and you push it out. And... Well, it didn't. There was just a, there was a little bit of blood, but it didn't, it wasn't like, you know, this, this fowl. So I thought, well, that's interesting. So I poked it a few more times and then pushed on it strategically in a couple of places to get rid of the stuff. And then I just let it go. And then the other, the other day, a couple weeks ago, I was doing something with my hair quickly, just not even thinking about it, and my fingernail caught that like a scab and just peeled it off. And it's completely gone. No cancer. I didn't die. I'm still preaching. But my imagination... So I share that because, watch this now, worry is negative meditation on the wrong things. Max Licato said this, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. And I stumbled across this scripture and of all places in the Old Covenant. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 10. Banish emotional stress from your mind and put away pain from your body. I looked up that word banish in the Hebrew and it means this, to require by authority to leave a country. Secondly, to drive out or remove from a home or place Of usual resort and continuance. Jeff, that's what we did in the Spirit this morning. We spoke to that nosebleed and we took authority over it in the name of Jesus. Sometimes, led by the Holy Spirit now, I'm not telling you to ignore the doctor, to ignore diagnosis, to throw your medicine away, or to do anything foolish I'm telling you, with the help of the Holy Spirit, as you just learn to listen to the little pushes of the Holy Spirit, step down a step, Tim. Step down one step on the ladder, Tim. The Holy Spirit told him just a minute before he... As you learn to do that, the Holy Spirit may say to you, speak to that thing. Command it. Demand that it change. For my glory in the powerful name of my son you have power over your thoughts. He says banish emotional stress. I looked up this word stress watch this. It means constraining force or influence such as a force exerted when one body or body part presses on or pulls on or pushes another. Tim, would you come, please, for an example here? And uh, not the hand that you cut, but if this hand here. Now, if you would turn around, please. And if you would let me, if you would allow me. Let, give me your hand. Let go. All right? All right, now if I turn around. Now, if I keep going with this, at a certain point, he's going to experience stress. All right? Even some pain. All right? right, Thank you. That would be one kind of stress. Here's another. A state resulting from a stress especially one of bodily or mental tension resulting from factors that tend to alter an existent equilibrium. When you're worrying you lose your balance. When you get into anxiety, you lose your normal balance and you do things and you say things that you know aren't you and you're in a place where you shouldn't be. That's stress. And even the great Apostle Paul, who gives us so much of what we're talking about here this morning, found himself in that place. You you have it in your notes, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I have traveled on many long journeys... I have faced danger from rivers, from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but they're not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and I have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And then, besides all of this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches." Another translation says, I have the burden of anxiety for the concern or out of concern for the churches. Now, this is the guy who's saying this, who wrote our text in Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. See, being anxious for nothing doesn't mean that all opportunities to worry are going to go away that the presence of anxiety won't ever be there. But you have control over the seed that you plant. Pray about everything, he says. All right, come on, let's get practical. When I say that, when he says that, our minds just, what do you mean? You mean I'm just supposed to pray all day long? Because the number of negative thoughts I have had since sitting right here in this room listening to you, pastor, I would be on my knees wearing my kneecaps out praying constantly about every little thing I worry about. So let's get practical. Now, you can try to handle worry or anxiety by exercising, by going out and doing some activity. You can replace your thoughts which is absolutely part of it and essential. But here's what Paul actually says in verse 6, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all his, he has done. Trust is key. That's the big one. Over exercise, over going out and finding some activity to do over just replacing your thoughts. Really what it is about is trusting God with everything. Our anxiety intensifies as our ability and feelings to manage dwindles. As I lose control, as I lose perceived control, my thoughts, my anxiety intensifies. And so, the real issue of our passage here is, what is our state of mind? Listen to this from Max Lucado, and I quote, You can be the air traffic controller of your rental airport. You occupy the control tower and can direct the mental traffic of your world. End quote. Isn't that good? So, let's look once again just at verse 4 there on your sheet always be full of joy in the Lord I say rejoice now watch this rather than rehearse he says that we're supposed to rejoice don't constantly rehearse the negative rejoice now when he says pray be anxious for nothing but by prayer this isn't a prayer to resolve it is a prayer to release get that this is not prayer to resolve this is prayer to Lord I just give this anxiety to you I release it I let it go be anxious for nothing The reason that Jesus said that, just don't worry, is because God's power is enabling. God's provision has already been turned on. God's promise will sustain you. God's presence will never leave you. And God's peace will give you rest.